Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of the Let's Get One Thing Straight podcast. My name is Nick. And I'm Wes. And we are coming to you once again, nestled comfortably between the cities of Cleveland and Akron. Thank you for joining us for our 10th episode of the podcast. Uh, very excited Big to have you listening. Yes, we have finally made it to double digits. We've had some some pauses. We kind of we're trying to get back on the horse here, so to speak. Uh, Wes, how are uh, how are things going with you? Things are going well. Things are going well, and like you said, we're trying to get back on this horse, and it's a great theme for let's get one thing straight here uh, for our theme today, which will be uh, we're going to talk about OVI and DUIs. Yeah. So. Uh, we've been, uh, we've been looking at the feedback that we've been receiving through our website, lgots.com. We've gotten some emails from some people. Thank you very much. Keep sending them in. Um, the last nine episodes that we've done, we've kind of been all over the board, um, kind of trying to find our purpose here, what the, the best use of our time, hopefully the entertainment value from your time is. And I think moving forward, we're going to want to focus on, certain topics. Uh, we've been jumping from news story to news story. Obviously, uh, the political spectrum of our country has, has been dominant in a lot, of our, a lot of our conversations. Um, so I think as we start moving forward, we already have a couple of guests lined up. We're going to start covering certain topics that might be of value to you, whether it's because you're from the Northeast Ohio area or whether it's something that you might find informational and can find some good use out of. Uh, we have a lot of things that we are more than happy to talk about that we have our opinions on. And as Wes alluded to, um, with us both being attorneys, this first kind of episode into specifics uh, is actually going to have some legal connotations to it. And let's get one thing straight. We are licensed to practice law in the great state of Ohio. We are lawyers, but we are not your lawyers. Any legal advice that we may or may not give is not legal advice and should not be intended to be used as such. Again, we are licensed to practice in Ohio. So if you're listening in California, uh, Louisiana, Washington, or Florida, this may or may not apply to you. So the disclaimer is, if you have a specific legal question, please contact your lawyer. Yes, and it's a great point you bring up, something that we will be we be kind of covering moving forward is, yeah, we, we want to provide some insight, um, some thoughts that we have, and some experiences that we may or may not have, have had in the past, and want to make sure that you take everything we say with a grain of salt. And please consult your attorney if you do have any further questions. Um, so speaking of questions, uh, this one we thought was a pretty good topic uh, to bring up. Uh, Wes definitely has some some prior experience in dealing with cases such as this. And I got to be honest, from, from my perspective, not actively practicing, uh, I get this question a lot from people that I know. Um, it's, it's a big one because it affects the normal everyday kind of person. Um, and it's, it's these OVI laws. And what to do, how to do, what to handle um, if you're in a car and you get pulled over and you've been drinking. And obviously, we do not condone such actions. Uh, it's not something that we're, we're trying to find any sort of way around working. But you need to know what your rights are. You need to know what your options are uh, if something like this were to happen to you. Let's get one thing straight. Is sponsored today by Rolling Rock and Longboard. Excuse me, Big Wave Golden Ale from Kona. So, uh, not an actual. <laughs> this is my disclaimer time. Uh, we are not actually sponsored by Rolling Rock or by Kona Brewing Company, though we are drinking them. We we would be so, more than happy to uh, to speak that many about not many, options. but we're having one or two anyway. Uh, so yeah, the nine times out of ten, uh, you've been pulled over by the police, and if you were to 
read the traffic code, at least in the state of Ohio, nay, most states, if they have adopted what's called the Uniform Traffic Code, the UTC, you will literally see thousands, if not millions of times, you can be pulled over just doing what you do every day. Did you come to a full and complete stop? Did you use your blinker when you change lanes, your turn signal? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, all your all your is a headlight out. I mean, there's a bunch of different stops. So now, obviously, we don't condone um, drinking and driving, and it's okay to have a couple of cold pops uh, and whatnot, and uh, be an adult. I mean, you got to be responsible. So just uh, get a get an Uber, especially in this day and age, get an Uber and a Lyft. But um, if you've been pulled over, usually it's for speeding. I mean, that, that's going to be the most common uh, thing that people are. Uh, their interaction with the police will be with a speeding ticket or something like that. Parking ticket, not so much. That's the meter made. That really doesn't count. But so in the state of Ohio, uh, you have to have a, a, a police officer has to have probable cause to pull you over. And if you were talking about OVI, you have to be in a car. So let's let's start there. Probable cause. Is the probable cause that they think you're drunk or is the probable cause that you have had some sort of indication that you may have violated a traffic law. That would be choice B there. So all the all reasonable all uh there in and this is the other thing. There's probable cause, and in the state of Ohio, we have what's called reasonable suspicion. So think of reasonable suspicion almost um, like the classic hunch that a, a police detective will have. I think he's a bad guy. That's a hunch. I mean, it's it's very it has to be articulable. So it just has to be barely more than a hunch. That guy's got yellow hair. And the suspect has yellow hair. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much all they need. Probable cause, as you've indicated, is was there a crime committed? Any crime and a mis, you know, minor misdemeanor here in the state of Ohio uh, is a traffic code violation. And it, did you commit the crime? So if you drive by a police officer or they see you driving and you've committed the traffic code, they have to answer guests to both the, those questions. So are you driving the car? Yes. Have you violated the traffic code? Yes. That's it. That's all they need to initiate a traffic stop. So what if it's non-traffic and they run your plates and they find that you have an outstanding warrant or, or you know, start looking, they find, you know, parking tickets or something like that. How does, how does that play into it? There's a, yeah, there's a couple. We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, because if you have, um, like here in the state of Ohio, our state highway patrol has these devices on their uh, trooper cars. And those, uh, the technology that they have is they can scan omnidirectional uh, 360 degrees for the entire vehicle, and they have optical uh, displays, uh, cameras, on the um, trooper's uh, uh, trunk. It's And they also had, have it next to the uh, light bar on the roof. And what that uh, contraption does, it permits the state trooper here in Ohio to scan up to 40 license plates around them, um, given the directions and everything else like that and the technological um, limitations of that. So... The police officer, the police officer, don't need any reason to check your plates. I mean, they can be driving next to you and check your plate. That's not a stop or a seizure under what's called the Fourth Amendment to uh, the Constitution of the United States. Um, so, to if you're if there's a warrant for your arrest, in essence, that that they always have probable cause to stop you because they have an arrest warrant, and the warrant is saying, uh, you know, a judge has signed off saying, look. I need to arrest Nick. Here's why I am arresting Nick. And it commands any police officer or peace officer to arrest Nick and bring him to wherever, um, whoever issued the arrest warrant. So that kind of sanitizes a lot of the problems that you have um, as far as being an OVI. But if you get pulled over, um, popular, and the other thing here is 
pretextual stops, uh, as we learned in law school. It, it, pretextual stops are okay. If they wanna come in and pull you over and think and try to search and investigate whether or not you got drugs on you or you've been drinking or driving, I mean, most of this is a, um, it's also a fact and um, situational specific fact pattern. If you're out driving at 2.35 in the morning and the bar is just closed, uh, and you get pulled over nine times out of ten, the first question the officer is going to ask is, have you been drinking? And that's what they do on a <laughs> daily basis when they're working the night shift. Right. And if you now if they pull you over at 10 a.m. through a school zone, it may not be the first question they ask. I mean, it, it, this is, a, again, it's a very fact-specific uh, tendency here. So let's say you had a couple of cold pops at uh, your local neighborhood establishment, and you've got in the car, and whatever it is, you... Uh, um, Again, blood alcohol content can be measured in a multitude of different ways. Uh, and so let's say you use you didn't use a blinker when you change lanes, a turn, turn signal. We call I use blinker. So you didn't use a blinker to change lanes. So you didn't use the blinker, and the uh, officer Smith sees you and lights you up. So he lights you up on the uh, and pulls you over. And then uh, when he comes, you know, obviously um, in this day and age, with any, any interaction with the police officer especially here in the state of Ohio, if you have a concealed carry permit, uh, you're going to want to notify the police officer um, that you do have the permit. Um, because you, we, here in the state of Ohio, you're allowed to conceal, uh, conceal a firearm uh, on your person, and you are given a permit, and you have to notify the police. So, uh, you know, hand, hands at 10 and 2, interior dome light on. I've got one of those little privacy shades in my car, so you put the privacy shade down. Um, turn the car off. Um, put the, like I said, put the interior dome on. Um, Ten and two with the hands. They're going to ask for yeah. your license and registration. Let them know that you're reaching for it if it's in your glove box. Uh, no sudden movements. If you're putting the officer at ease, that officer is now going to feel safer to be communicating with you. And that can be big if they start to think that for any reason you might be irrational. And guess what? Drinking alcohol may make you come off sounding and looking and hey everybody, rational. it's a party, yeah. you know so, that kind of stuff. So we've we've talked already, you know. First and foremost, don't be driving around if you have a warrant. If if they can easily pull you over for something along those lines, um, <clears throat> two, of you know, obey all the traffic laws. Make sure that you're you're finding virtually impossible to do. It really is. But you know, if if there's any way that you can control any sort of reckless behavior, make sure that that's that's being taken into consideration. Um, and then the next thing, when you actually do get pulled over, showing as much respect as possible for the officer. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, the other thing is that everything's being being videotaped. Everything's being recorded audio. So. They have body cam. Not, I mean, in Ohio, most more and more pol uh, police departments are getting body cams. Um, all of them have the microphones, like the little lav mics that go on your chest, and they're recording everything that you said. And it's being video and audio recorded. The video is usually from the dash of the police troop of the vehicle, which will come into play later. Uh, so what you'll do is, officer, how are you? You know, everything's polite, everything's measured, and you're narrating. I mean, just like you see in a movie, and you see the uh, three-year-old narrating every single movement. I mean, that's what you're doing. Officer, I am reaching with my right hand mm -hmm. to the glove compartment. And you're just, it's a measured tone. And they'll say, you know, great. And, and they'll, the officer will then say, okay, if they smell alcohol, it'll become apparent to them. And they'll say, oh, you're just coming from the bars. You uh, had a couple of beers and, you know, you got to tell the truth. Uh, and if you have had a couple of beers, sure. Yeah, I've had a couple of pops. 
And yeah. de depending how you phrase that statement, large in part, determines what happens next. And, and just, we shouldn't have to say this, but just because you don't smell alcohol in your breath doesn't mean there isn't alcohol in your breath. And a breath mint can initially maybe mask some smell of alcohol. Yeah, I have, yeah, I have no idea. But that's, that's still coming up. They are going to know that you have alcohol in your breath. Well, that's just peppermint schnapps. That's all that means. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, I, I don't make any claim to what the... I mean, you see those at the drugstore, convenience store, next to the cash register where you can... Little toys that you can blow in the bag. But... So you say, yeah, I had a couple of cold pops. You know, depending on how you are. I mean, again... When the officer pulls your license and registration, they're going to know where you live. They're going to know where you are in relation to where you live. Okay? I mean, this is also very fact-specific. Uh, if you were pulled over right in front of your house, uh, sometimes they say, listen, you were speeding or whatever. Uh, here's your ticket. And the officer literally can watch you pull your car 30 feet into your driveway. Um, now, that may happen more and more in the rural Ohio districts because... Um, again, Ohio's got a lot of farmland. Now, in urban areas, you know, maybe not so much. But again, fact specific. So you're just, you know, you're leaving the bars and everything else like that. So you get pulled over. Yeah, I had a couple of pops, and they ask you to step out of the car. That's where the that. Let's get one thing straight. You, at the moment that an officer in the state of Ohio asks you to step outside of the car, you are he is now gathering data for a conviction. That's very important. Once you're outside the car, the bargaining stage has ceased. Oh, and everybody thinks they can talk. I'll talk their way out of it. I mean, it's a, uh, it's the be the best analogy is that you've got uh, gee, you know, uh, ducks flying over a pond, and you're the one that gets shot. And everybody complains. Well, why did I get shot? Well, you're the one that was flying over the hunted lance. Yeah. The you know, statistically speaking, everybody's number comes up, unless. You're a member of a certain club that I know, then your number never comes up, and whatever. That's a different story. So, <laughs> we have a uh, so you're pulled over, and, and again, everybody's trained from a young age that you go to your elementary school, you go to your middle schools, you go to your high schools, you have a police officer, the school resource officer, and you're taught when you go to little, um, oh, um, Safety school, like when you're a little kid, you drive the little big wheel through the little safety town. Safety town, yeah, yeah the yeah. little mock town and everything sure. else like that. And, and kids are taught to trust and respect the police officers and everything else like that. And that's, as a society, generally a good thing. Um, as an adult, you have to understand that the police are there not necessarily to help you, but they're there to convict you. And that's a huge difference um, because they are now uh, a witness. They're videotaping everything. And when they ask you to step out of the car, what they have ascertained is that you are, um, they think you're going to have an OVI, um, especially if you asked yes for drinking or if they, or my, my, my favorite is the pretext is like when they smell weed or something else like that, the marijuana. Uh, I smell marijuana and you're like, I've never smoked marijuana in my life. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Get out of the car. I mean, all they have to do is quote, smell it. Very subjective. Um, super subjective. Um, and and let me be so super frank here. When you start the following sentence or you, you tell an officer, look, I know my rights, you are going to be arrested. At that moment, you are going to be arrested. And that's an important, important thing to note here as well is, you know, you can, you can research, you can listen to us, 
if you start talking like you know more than the police officer or that you're finding some sort of way to to scam the system nope you're you're putting it in the wrong place and if you've gone through the trouble of respecting the officer hands at 10 and 2 dome lights on telling them every motion that you're making so that they feel safe and secure and can do their job then go and do that try to kind of show that disrespect it's never going to help your case moving forward absolutely and and so when you're out of the car then and i'll use the state highway patrol as an example here in ohio uh because that's kind of universal throughout our state every little locale has their little differences um so the state highway patrol officer will get you out of the car now they have uh, three tests that are called the standard uh standardized field sobriety tests sfsts and they're promulgated by the National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration, is which is the NHTSA, or NHTSA, which is the slang term for that. Um, and that's, so NHTSA puts together a study of uh, the, the standard field sobriety tests. And one of the experts that I use in my legal profession actually teaches the troopers on how to conduct the tests. So he knows exactly when somebody mucked it up, um, but that's later in the, in the court case. Um, so you're out of the car, and you, you at this point, if you're drunk, you're just, just, here's what you do. If you're just drunk, and you know you're drunk, and there's nothing, you're just caught, and you know you're caught. I, and that's okay. I mean, that, that happens. Um, you just say, look, officer, I respect what you're trying to do here. I just can't answer any more questions without my attorney present. So you are saying nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. Prior to field sobriety. Test. Right. Prior to, and he'll say, well, you know, I need you to do this, and this will be like, look. And again, remember, everything's being recorded, everything's being videotaped, and everything. You're just like, look, officer, I respect what you're trying to do here, but I can't answer these questions without my attorney present. And he'll say, well, you're not under arrest. And then if he says, well, you're not under arrest, you'll be like, okay, and then you get in your car and go home. And that, that's what that means. That never happens, okay? <laughs> Once again, because people like, like your buddy teach courses to make sure <laughs> right. that that doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, that never happens. So, and, and some people will use a slang term, like, well, am I under arrest? They don't really have to tell you if you are, because some, I mean, they, by you asking the question, am I under arrest? You absolutely for 100%, they know what you're trying to do. Okay. Yeah. They take courses, they're trained on what to do and everything else like that. So, and let's, let's be frank. They have their own ego, just like you have sure. your ego when you're talking and saying, I know I can get my way out of this. I've I've listened to a podcast about it. At the same time, they have respect for their job and their career, and they don't like being talked down to. And it's it to Wes's point, showing that respect at every point of this process, regardless of whether or not you're going to be convicted, is so necessary to prevent things from getting worse. And and later on, it really does help you later on down the down the down the, in the pike here. So. So if you, I mean, if you know you're, I mean, if you knew that you're like, look, I'm just drunk and I couldn't get a ride home, I couldn't get a DD, and I, I just, you knew you're dead to rights. You just got to nip it in the bud, and even then, even before you take the standardized failed sobriety tests, the SFSTs, uh, you always ask the question, "Am I free to go?" No, great. I can't, officer. I respect what you're trying to do here. I can't answer any more questions without my attorney present, and you have to invoke your right to counsel. Um, your Sixth Amendment right to counsel has to be specifically and verbally invoked, meaning you, you you have to say, I want a lawyer. And you can say, I want a lawyer. That's fine. And I, I use that phrase because 
everything's being recorded. So when if it ever somebody else looks at this and somebody else is going to look at it, they're going to see somebody saying, "Officer, I respect what you're trying to do here. I, I need my lawyer to answer these questions." So when that gets said. What is the officer legally allowed to do at that point? At that point, the officer will place you under arrest. You are at that point under arrest. And so they will arrest you. Um, they will charge you with um, probably uh, OVI refusal, which in the state of Ohio is uh, as a crime, a refusal to take a, a, a blood test or a breath test. Uh, and then you will um, be taken to the station and they'll let you call your, your attorney. And I mean, you're under, I mean, you're under arrest. So you will call your lawyer. Um, and in the classic, uh, textbook example, your lawyer takes four hours to get there. By that time you'll sure I'll take the test and you, you blow in the machine and boom, you got nothing going on. Um, that being said in this day and age, I mean, they monitor phone calls from the police station. So that you'll call if you get a hold of your lawyer and they, you always, and again, when you go to the, you're in the back of the car, you're back of the squad car. Again, everything's being videotaped. Everything's being recorded. Um, you're arrested. I mean, you you are under you have, arrest. Yes, yes. You're going to be sitting at the county or the uh, city jail. Um, so what you'll, you'll do is they'll take you to the uh, jailhouse, or, or not the jailhouse, but the police station, wherever they pulled you over, in whatever municipality they pulled you over. They'll process you. They'll ask you your name, address, phone number, that kind of stuff, which you can answer. I mean, that's fine. Um, they'll take your license, uh, and then you'll so they'll say, hey, I need you to blow in the, the machine. Officer, I really respect what you're trying to do. I just can't answer these questions. And you just keep saying that. And, they'll and then what if he says, I didn't ask you a question. I told you to blow into this machine. Well, still, you just keep repeating the same thing. Now, they, they, they take your head, they slam it against the table, they make you blow. Then, you know, that's they're not going to do that because that just ruins the whole evening for everybody. Um, then you just, you, you refuse. Uh, you refuse. I mean, it, it's a... Uh, you can't tell anybody what to do. And again, you're allowed to do whatever you want to do. Um, because even if you blow under the legal limit, which currently in the state of Ohio is 0.08 blood alcohol content, um, you, they could still charge you with uh, OVI. Because the standard in Ohio, in Ohio is that you were operating a motor vehicle while impaired. It, and really, they just the popular misconception is that it's a 0.08. Um, now, while if you blow over 0.08, there's a strong presumption that you're impaired, but the, the government has the burden to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you were operating a motor vehicle impaired. And that now becomes a fight for your attorney to make. Right. And that's your lawyer's problem. Um, and so you, you, you don't blow and you have somebody come pick you up at the station. Um, and then you are away you go, uh, on your merry way, you'll have a court date, um, usually the next day or the next couple of days at your local municipal court. Uh, and then you'll, uh, at that point, have spoken to an attorney, your lawyer, told your lawyer what has happened and the whole facts and circumstances around that. You'll get a little BMV sheet that they'll uh, either hand to you um, and then they'll suspend your license. Because in the state of Ohio, um, the the license, it's called implied consent. And in the state of Ohio, you have to, by having a driver's license, you have to blow uh, or at least submit to a breath test or a uh, blood alcohol content test through a blood test through a hospital. So this is where people, this is where the big hang up, I think, when I talk to people about this, um, where it comes in, they ask, do I blow or do I not blow? And this is something that's important to realize is that if you don't blow, that license can then be revoked. And so then there's this thought that 
maybe I should blow because if I get under that legal limit, I don't have that suspension. So don't blow or don't blow. I mean, let's get one thing straight here. If I describe it to you this way, I'm going to I have a gun and I'm a strange person and I come up to you and I say, close your eyes and open your mouth and then blow. Your first reaction is, what are you talking about? But because an officer is doing it in this certain situation, that tends to be, okay, yeah, I'll put it in my mouth and I'll blow. And as far as the suspension is concerned, um, Annie's law in the state of Ohio is about to take effect. It's April 3rd, April 6th, Annie's law takes effect, and we're going to circle back to that. Um, But uh, if you refuse to blow, I mean, they're going to suspend your license for currently it's a minimum of six months. You do get work privileges after a period of time of like 15 days. And so what happens uh, is that you will have that suspension. And you think to yourself, well, I don't, I'm not that drunk. And it, as soon as you have that thought of I'm not drunk, that drunk and you blow and you blow like a .10 or a .09 and you're like, ah, oh. because it, I've had situations where people have blown .07 and the officer's like, oh, there's something wrong with the machine. They blow again. That's .09. And then you're like, well, uh, it's a game you can't win. Because, again, their job is to collect evidence to convict you. And, and that's because they've put you under arrest. And now that they've put you under arrest, they need to be able to have the evidence to actually convict you or else they can't bring those charges again. Correct. And that's the, I mean, that's the big thing between probable cause and beyond a reasonable doubt, which we've, I mean, beyond a reasonable doubt, it's huge compared to standards wise. So if you're at the police station, I mean, obviously you're not having a great night. Um, I mean, let's just be honest. You're not having a good night. Um, at least it, it hasn't gone as well as you've thought or planned. Um, my children put ED on everything, so it's not stung, it's stunged. So, you know, that's catching me up a little. So let's get one thing straight here. You're at the police station. You've been polite. You're going to be arrested. It, your license is going to be suspended. I mean, that's just going to happen. Um, that's the reality of life. Now you got to pay a lawyer. And that's the biggest, I mean, the biggest incentive for you not to do this is my fees. I mean, my fees are, I, I live comfortably. And it's the reason is because of people that get into a car like this kind of stuff. Um, so anyway, your your license will be suspended, which in the state of Ohio is a civil action. Um, it's it's not a it's not a criminal charge. It's a civil thing, so it's a separate lawsuit and everything else like that. As long as you've been pulled over for being over the legal limit, correct? There was not any sort of accident where right. there could have been injuries yeah. or you know anything any extracurriculars outside of being pulled over for a traffic violation that that led to the suspicion. That you may be over the legal limit, right? And the, and that in like a, let's say if there's an accident or something else like that, and they had to pry you out of a car, then they're not going to blow you, make you blow in a bag because you'll be unconscious. They're just going to draw your blood, um, which works out better for you in the long run because drawing your blood, there's a lot more things you can contest. So. You're at the police station in our timeline. It's not been a great night. Let's get one thing straight. You're like, oh, my God. And then you've got to figure out what am I going to do with this for the fines and court costs and the lawyer's fees and all that. Da, 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 da. So it's going to be a tough night. It's going to be a tough night. So um, you get your the next day, you're going to go to your court date. You need a lawyer, period, end of story. Um, in the state of Ohio, you have a driver's license. And if you rack up 12 points against your driver's license, they will suspend your license. It's called a 12-point suspension because if you get 12 points, they suspend your license. 
an OVI is worth six points. Okay, so you pick up an OVI, or you could just go say, "Look, I'm going to plead no contest. I'll take my six points and I'll move on." You know, that's uh, it's a pain in the butt um, because it, now an OVI is the scarlet letter. Um, Annie's law takes effect in the state of Ohio in the next this week, actually. And Annie's law is named for an attorney who was killed by a mo- multiple offender OVI per- person who had multiple OVIs. Um, she was in, the, I think, it was Southern Ohio around Route 20, um, if memory serves. I might have the location. Um, but she was an attorney and she was killed by a drunk driver. And the drunk driver had three prior OVIs. Uh, and currently in the state of Ohio, it, the way that it works is if you have one OVI in six years, that's treated as if your first offense. And then they go back to 20. So if you had one OVI in six, but three in 20, they'd still treat you like it's your first. And that's kind of, that's what happened um, to this, to Annie, and now we have a law. So this week now, it goes, the look back period goes from six years to 10. So it's, if it's your first OVI in 10 years, then um, you'll get treated to the, the, um, the, the league minimums, as they say, uh, the state minimum suspension, the state minimum uh, sentence, the state minimum fines, and the state minimum uh, jail sentence, which in the state of Ohio is three days. So you can do three days in county or three days in a hotel called a driver intervention program. I thought it was called Hotel Hell. Well, it is called Hotel Hell, but given the choice between hotel or county, uh, they have them. At, they do do them at the Marriott and the the Wyndham Inn. So sure. I. <laughs> so you were you were discussing uh, this the state minimum, um, and mentioning how that OVI first offense six points. Will that change subject to anything? Meaning, well, if you blew. And you blew much higher. Right. And is that another reason why maybe you shouldn't blow? Because then they're not able to say, well, you were twice the legal limit. We're going to up those six points to 10. Right. And in the state of Ohio, um, they have a low blow and a high blow. So low blow means you're drunk, but you're just a little drunk. <laughs> and that's the, I mean, that's the, the irony of that. And the high blow is usually um, 0.14 or 0.15 or higher. So a high blow is almost twice the legal limit. So if you blew... And you were the twice the legal limit, then you're in, in bonus land, and you don't want to be in bonus land because then everything doubles. Um, you're, I mean, it really does double, and then you've got to be in jail. So currently, in the state of Ohio, the minimum penalty for an OVI is you have to do three days in county and three days in jail, or three days at a hotel program. The minimum fine is three hundred twenty-five dollars, and the uh, minimum license suspension is six months. Okay, that's at the minimum. Um, that's it. So if it's a high blow. You can be uh, six days in county, or some uh, places have a six-day um, hotel, um, and that's a pain. So, and then the fine is a minimum. Um, I think it's five twenty-five is the minimum fine for high blow, and then the minimum suspension is a year. Okay, and that's on your first offense, your first ever loving offense, and that's all because you've the officer who probably has a high school diploma is better than you are and carries a gun. So again, don't drink and drive. Um, Annie's law, what it does is th- it it just makes everything worse. So on your first OVI in 10 years, what will happen is that you, your license will be suspended for one year instead of six months. 
you will have the ability to get work privileges and you can get unlimited privileges on the statute if and only if you install what's called an interlock ignition uh, sequence on your car. So it's one of those little, I think um, the, my, uh, uh, the 40-year-old virgin with Steve Carell, um, if you remember oh. that movie where uh, he's at the scene with that drunk woman and she goes, hey, blow in this and it's in her car. That's what we're talking about here. Um, so. so it basically looks at your blood alcohol level before it allows the car to begin. And I believe you can't have anything in your system for those to go. It's not even a .08. There's no discretion involved. If it senses any alcohol, that car doesn't start. Correct. If you just uh, had some mouthwash, it will not start your car. Um, so you can have unlimited privileges uh, if you have the ignition interlock uh, installed in your car. And what that does is and then, then it reduces the suspension from 12 months to six months. But you still got to do the three-day um, intervention program and you got to do the minimum fine and minimum um, core costs. The problem with the interlock uh, installations, those things are so expensive um, to install. I mean, those are like a thousand bucks. And you're the one that's paying. Right. Them. You're the one that pay, pays for this here. So this is not me. This is not the government. If you want it, you have to pay for it. Now, there's not a lot of people that I know. I mean, I, I envision the day where I get a call where the interlock installation fee will be worth more than the car. Yeah. But is that privilege worth the money that's actually given there? And that's that's the government's stake as well. You're taking, you're driving a car and it's safety. And well, I mean, you get it. But um, let's get one thing straight. It, it's going to hurt a lot of low income people because more than they can't afford it. They cannot afford it. And that's really the big thing. It's just a spiraling effect. Um, nobody can really afford to drink and drive. But if you have an ignition interlock, that's, that's really what Annie, Annie's law is. How that's going to be applied, you know, we're going to find out. I mean, I just had a, uh, an OVI today. I was in mayor's court. Ohio, Ohio is so great because we still have mayor's courts. And, and if you ever talk to anybody else, they're like, what? What? Great source of income for those townships. <laughs> you know, mayor's courts are um, notorious for being like speed traps and everything else like that. But occasionally they're super helpful when you want to get an OVI reduced because uh, mayor's courts in the state of Ohio, if you're a municipality under a certain limit of residence, you're allowed to have your own mayor's court. And now they have the state of Ohio has limited these courts in jurisdiction. I mean, they, they've tried to... As they, they should. I agree, they should. But they've done the best that they can to almost eliminate these things. And there aren't that many. Well, and it's because of <laughs> the money that actually comes in from these courts. They do generate a ton of revenue. So, which then can come right back to these police departments who are looking for new cars and looking for new resources, getting those, those new body cams, right. all of that stuff set up. And remember, I can't get in a car without violating the traffic code, neither can you. Um, so... We, we were just discussing about some of these repercussions and how they can change uh, depending on what it is that you blow. So we've spent a lot of time saying not to blow. Um, what, what happens in a, in a case at that point um, where, where is this he said, she said kind of come in? If you no longer have any proof from any of the field sobriety tests, you haven't blown, you have this attorney. What's that attorney going to fight for you when you go to court? Why is it worth it to get an attorney and and maybe take this thing with a not guilty plea? Well, and the biggest the biggest reason is one, you were trying in essence to plea bargain here. You were trying to get an OVI to be reduced to uh, what I did today it was a physical control. 
So a physical control. For the record, Wes didn't get pulled over drunk today, and it turned into a physical control. I think we should make that part perfectly clear. Yeah, I yeah I had a client. I had a client. Yeah, let's get one thing straight. I didn't reduce it, but um, I had a client, and we were at a mayor's court, and we got the charge reduced from an OVI to a physical control, which is the slang term for under the influence of physical or physical control of alcohol. It's it's a zero points on your license, and there's no minimum of penalty. There's no minimum fine. There's no minimum license suspension. There's no minimum jail time. It's your it's what you want to bargain with because this is the uh, okay this is your shot i mean this is this is the mercy here is that we give you a physical control but you come back in uh two years and you get another ovi then they're gonna literally know everybody in the room is gonna know what what they did for you and they're gonna hammer you um so you if you haven't blown and you haven't performed the standard field sobriety tests the government has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you've been operating the motor vehicle while impaired. So how are they going to do that? And that's really the key. What do they have video? What do they have dash cam of? You swerving in and out of a lane? I mean, if they have you swerving in and out of lanes at 100 miles an hour, it's a whole different thing. If they see you driving five miles an hour on the freeway, that might be the same thing. Um, and this is another place where, where people get kind of caught up is that they won't blow, but they were taken out of their car and asked to do a field sobriety test. And so they do it. And those can also be utilized against you. Absolutely. The standard field sobriety tests are the horizontal gaze nystalmus, the HGN test. I always mispronounce the, the N in that, uh, which is when the uh, officer puts a pen to your uh, face and you're supposed to track it with your pupils. Um, and that's the, you know, look, follow my finger. And it's supposed to be done specifically. The walk and turn test, um, which is where you pace back and forth, um, 10 steps here, 10 steps there. I mean, there's that's the walk and turn. And then they've got a balancing test where you're supposed to balance on one leg. And that's, I mean, if you've got any kind of balance issues, um, you're going to have problems there either. And, and the other thing is that part of these tests are, I mean, if, if you have any kind of um, handicap, you can't pass these tests. I mean, if you can't walk, how do you do the walk and turn? If you have one leg, how do you do the balance test? I mean, it doesn't favor um, any of the, the disabled people um, ever. But um, but those are the standard. Th- that's why they're standard. They're the standardized field yeah. sobriety tests. That's um, not saying the alphabet backwards. It's not counting back by threes or up by threes or anything else like that. Um, so that's the big thing there. So if you've not done any of that, the officer can testify that he didn't do it okay, Nick didn't take these tests, so what? I mean, they still have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt in a jury of your peers that you were operating a motor vehicle under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And in this case, we're just using alcohol as the example. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the uh, idea there. Um, now your lawyer, this is where the this is where you pay the money. Um, you, the lawyer shows up the next day or wherever, you get called to court and you are going to plead not guilty. You're going to go with your initial appearance. You're going to talk. The uh, prosecutor will have the ticket. We'll have your driver's license. Um, and then we'll have like the little, some police departments give you like a little sheet. I mean, I, I had a girl who drove down a freeway, a pretty predominant freeway here in Akron, Summit County. She hit three cars 
And I walked in, I got her license right back. I just, I, they had the license. I said, I'll just take that with me. <laughs> so, and they never suspended it or anything else like that. And they, that was a, that was a very unique circumstance. Um, but in your normal run of the mill one, like the one I had today, um, you, you need your lawyer. Your lawyer's going to show up and say, listen, first they're going to talk to the prosecutor about what your information is. Um, did they draw blood? If they drew blood, it's going to take six weeks for the lab to get back. So we're not doing anything today. And it's going to take some time. I mean, justice takes time. And so what you're um, really what you're trying to do is try to give your lawyer enough time and you enough time to come up with money to pay for your lawyer um, to go over this information with you and find identify issues where um, you can identify a Fourth Amendment violation. So explain the Fourth Amendment violation. Yeah, so a Fourth Amendment violation is illegal search and seizure. I mean, that's your, your law and order stuff where they pulled you over and, well, was I under arrest? Well, if you, that's why you asked the question. Am I, under, am I free to go? Because um, your, your constitutional rights only apply is if you're in custody and you're in, being interrogated. It's called a custodial interrogation. So are you in custody? Well, am I free to leave? They say no. You're in custody. <laughs> and and remember here, this is where they need to have enough evidence to arrest you. They need to have what they need to arrest you. And by asking that question, it puts it puts the pressure on them a little bit to determine whether or not they have enough to then put you under arrest. Absolutely. And if they say yeah, no, you're free to go. Okay, deuces, officer. I'll see you later. Thanks. Yeah. We'll see you later. And you get in the car and go. Uh, I've never seen that ever happen. And I can't wait for somebody to email us yeah. uh, on the Elgott's website and tell me, oh, yeah, that happened to me. I'd love to hear about it. Um, that's the white whale, if you will. Um, so they're going to custodial interrogation. So custodial, am I in custody? Yes or no? That's a pretty easy, because especially you ask the question, am I free to go? No. Great. You're in custody. Interrogation is nuanced. It's... Um, did the police ask a question that was designed to elicit an incriminating response? And you're like, oh, what does that mean? Well, what's an incriminating response? If the officer asks you, are you drunk? And you say, yes. That's a pretty easy example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that they are trying to elicit a, an, um, an incriminating statement from you and you are in custody. So if you've got handcuffs around and you are not free to go and you're the back of the police car... And the officer said, why did you drink so many beers? And you're like, look, I only drank six beers. I've only drank, I can drink six beers and still drive home. And I'm super safe. I'm not, I'm a good drinker. Your lawyer is going to show you that video on a flat screen TV. And you're going to be like, ah, it doesn't look good. Does it? <laughs> Speaking of law and order, how does, how does the whole Miranda thing play in here? Right. So, right. So Miranda, as uh, everybody heard, you are uh, under arrest. You have the right to remain silent, that kind of stuff. That applies once you're in custody. And so when you say, am I free to go? And they say, no, they have to read you your Miranda rights. And that's when you say, officer, I respect what you're trying to do here. I need. I can't answer these questions without my lawyer. So what the lawyer or what the police officer has done is he has advised you of your Miranda rights. You are under arrest, and you've asked for a lawyer. That's what you want to have happen. Um, no standard field sobriety tests are complete, and you haven't blown in the bag yet. And thus, you were innocent until proven guilty. Uh, that's. The, I mean, that's really what it is. 
And so the Fourth Amendment violation is your is what your uh, lawyer will file with the court. It's called a suppression motion, and they'll try to identify specific issues with why the government messed up and why that evidence should be suppressed against you because the government uh, failed to do what the government wanted to do. Um, the motion to suppress is a very, very um, helpful tool. The problem is that the Supreme Court, I mean, you don't understand of how little rights you have until you read Fourth Amendment law. And then you're like, they can do what? And you're like, oh my God. Uh, as far as the police are concerned. But in the context of an OVI, DUI situation, and that's the other thing. I use the term OVI and DUI interchangeably. They, some states are, they're different. We in the state of Ohio use OVI. I use them interchangeably just because of my lexicon. So um, so let's get this, let's get one thing straight. An OVI is a DUI. Um, so the Fourth Amendment, you file a motion to suppress you. This is where your lawyer comes in. This is why you paid him a couple of thousand bucks here. I mean, this is not a cheap proposition here. Um, you're going to come up with $2,500 to $5,000. I mean, that's they, just plan on it. You call me. I'm going to give you the figure. And if you can't come up with the figure, you're entitled to a public defender. Good luck. Um, that's your problem. It's not mine. Um, so we go to uh, the court and we get the initial stage, that's the, after you're arrested, that's the initial time. Uh, then there'll be a couple more pre-trials. Uh, we'll get the video for the dash cam, we'll get the blood test if there's a blood test. Um, we'll get the breath test if there's a breath test. We'll get the um, video and the uh, written test of your standard field sobriety tests. And again, they train police officers not to do any of this in the, in the video because they know where the dash cam video is pointed and the officers will go off to the side because if the officers go off to the side, they know they're, but they're, they're not being recorded. So who's going to tell them they did it wrong? Nobody. Which is, which is always a point of contention as a possibility because we're talking subjective again. And, you know, as we've said multiple times, we're not condoning you to drink and drive. They know that, that these attorneys are going to try to find every single method possible to try to get their clients out of these convictions. And they're going to they're going to tear apart those sobriety tests, right? As they should. Yeah. Because I mean it's I mean sure. But you, I mean it's procedural accurateness. I mean that's what our society stood for anyway. So you get arrested, you're you know, like I said, you're going to an initial appearance. There it is. Get in, let's get in there. That's the sound of rolling rock. The yes. <laughs> anyway, um, so you you know, I'll I'll show up to with you at court. Uh, you know, I'll do most of the talking with you. I'll go to talk to the prosecutor who I may or may not know. Um, if it's around here, I know them. Uh, we'll have a conversation uh, about what you were and if you were polite, uh, how you acted on camera, and then they'll get a report from their officers, and then we'll go from there. I mean, that's, that's what will happen is then your lawyer's going to take effect, um, ask for your information that the government has against you, sit down with you with the dash cam video, file a motion to suppress um, almost in all situations, and then you're going to go to the suppression hearing, and that's where the wheeling and dealing will get. In essence, that's the meat of the schedule right there. To go to your suppression hearing, that's where the government has to prove that they didn't violate your rights. Um, and they, it's a preponderance of the evidence standard, which means it's a featherweight more than not. Which, once you understand that, it's a featherweight. It's not that much. Yeah. So, and the government, it's not a beyond a reasonable doubt. It's not a trial. And you're allowed hearsay. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can come in at a suppression hearing that doesn't normally come out. So you have a suppression hearing, 
And by that time, the officer's going to be there. The prosecutor's going to be like, look, uh, physical control seems more and more appealing to me right now, and here's why. Yeah. Um, and, and in some jurisdictions, they don't deal. They don't do a plea bargain um, because judges are elected. City law departments are elected by the mayor or appointed by the mayor sometimes. Some, some uh, jurisdictions around here, the city law director is elected. So they've got a, I mean, they've got to report to the public, and the public doesn't like when somebody gets off of a DUI. So in that case, you file a motion to suppress, and you set it for trial, and then you make the government earn every inch of the game. And that's every step that we've discussed thus far. Every, every piece of that, starting with why they pulled you over, all the way to what they asked you and interrogated you about when they got you back to the station. All of that... From, from soup to nuts is what gets played played out in court. And what the attorney's job is, is to try to find any holes possible to help you. So if you're expecting to pay $500, then shoot yourself. I mean, I, I don't want to condone that, but that's don't waste anybody's time. You're, nobody's going to do this for you for $500 either. $20 Uber is a lot cheaper than right. that. Right. I mean, you're, uh, my for me to open up an OVI file... It's going to be uh, just to give you an example. Your generic run of the mill is four grand, yeah, and that's U.S. dollars. I mean, that's not pesos. So, um, again, I you want to use an Uber or the Lyft um, and just take that home. You can come back and get your car. I mean, especially in this day and age. Um, so your idea that uh, so the procedural correctness here, going from soup to nuts here, you go to. Uh, the uh, suppression hearing if you go through the suppression hearing the judge will find probable cause to have pulled you over um and then you're gonna have a transcript uh the officer will be the the best thing about having a suppression hearing is that the government gets locked into a story they can't change their story anymore so when the officer gets on the stand you get you ask them all i mean it's it's your chance it's your free shot at the officer so what did you do here what did you do here what did you do here you just want them to keep talking, and you're going to get a timeline because invariably they have to repeat that same exact timeline at trial in front of 12 people. And if they don't, you have a transcript that says, well, when were you lying? I mean, are you lying to me now or are you lying to me then? And guess what? You're not special. You're not the only person this officer's ever pulled over. Right. right. I mean, they're professionally paid witnesses, and they're good at their jobs because they've been doing it a lot longer than you have because normally – everybody's a law-abiding citizen. I mean, sure, you get a speeding ticket, which you just pay and move on, but your, a major event will be an OVI in somebody's life, and that's yeah. and that's okay. Um, nobody's a career felon because you're not listening to a podcast if you are. I mean, you got time on your hands. Well, you do, but I don't think it lets you have the uh, phones in the prisons. So let me, <laughs> let me ask you a question. I'm going to kind of put you on your toes here maybe. Because sure. um, we've discussed a lot of these situations, and everything we've been kind of discussing is don't drive drunk. I think I think one of those special circumstances. Let's say that you're you're not drunk. Let's say that you've had a beer or two with a meal. Most circumstances, you're under the legal limit. And then you're driving, and you pull up, and you see a lot of cars in front of you, all with their brake lights on, and you see a big sign that says DUI checkpoint. Awesome. There's a couple options here, right? Um, the first is you just you turn yourself out of there and guess what they're waiting for that why you squeal the tires and they burn and the <laughs> um, but now you're in a, in a bit of a predicament because everything we've said right is kind of under this guise of you've had too much to drink and you know that and as you've put it earlier 
you've been caught, right? And now what what are your options? Where are you at? If you're if you truly believe you're not drunk or you know that you're kind of borderline, do do these options change when you pull up to a checkpoint and you're with your family and you tell them you had a glass of wine with dinner? The sobriety checkpoints in the state of Ohio are almost per se unconstitutional, meaning that very rarely will you have them. Now, do they are they permitted? Yes, they are. Have they been challenged? Yes. yes. Oh my Consistently. god. Consistently. We live in a society where um, we do not permit the police to stop us for no reason. And a checkpoint is exactly that. There's no real reason. I mean, other than the airport or the border, sure. we do not, as a society, permit our police to just stop us on the street and say, hey, what are you doing here? Um, that just reminds us of Nazi Germany too much. And we, we have a... Str- and, and really, back to the English days, when we, were the king, we didn't like the king. So um, we, we disdain on that a lot. But they are legal, uh, but they have to follow a strict set of guidelines and those strict guidelines are one of those guidelines is that the government has to publish where and when the sobriety checkpoint is okay it cannot be a secret and they have to publish it they have to publish it within 24 hours of the checkpoint and it has to be published in uh, usually a newspaper of record or a large media outlet now what does that mean in this day and age with the internet it's probably on somebody's website what the ohio state highway patrol does and to satisfy this requirement is they will broadcast it on their Twitter feed. So if you follow the Ohio State Highway Patrol, they'll say um, sobriety checkpoint in Summit County or Portage County or Medina County. And then there's a link and you can click on it and then you get to the press release. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, because they, I mean, it is publishing and they have to tell you that. Um, so if you're going out and you just happen to pick where the sobriety checkpoint is, I don't have a lot of um, real mercy here for you because you, you kind of should have known. Um, that being said, if you're not like me and you don't check the Ohio State Highway Patrol every day, um, and you come up to a checkpoint, they have, I mean, they're going to ask everybody uh, or every third, they can't ask everybody, excuse me, they can't stop every car. So is it every third car? Is it every, I mean, is it every fifth car? So, I mean, you just got to relax and be cool. I mean, it's like going through security at the airport. You just got to relax and be cool, man. Relax, be cool, and get through it. Now, if you get pulled over and you're honest, you get it. it's the same, the same principle applies. Look, I had a couple of, I had a glass of wine with dinner. All right. And if it's, you know, if you were wearing a, if it's eight o'clock at night, you're wearing a suit, your wife is, or your girl is in the car with you and you guys are all dressed up and, you know, that kind of thing. You're selling the spiel. And people don't believe how different they act when they're drunk. If you've had one glass of wine, you're fine. And you look fine. And you act a lot differently than that person who's blowing .14 when they pull them over at that sobriety checkpoint. That being said, you just got engaged. And you and your uh, fiancé polished off two bottles of champagne. Ah, baby, go ahead. Spring for that Uber. Spring yeah. for that Lyft. Because uh, uh, two bottles of champagne versus the uh, full bottle of Merlot or whatever. Yeah, that's there's going to be a difference there. And, you know, everybody's different, and I get that. But um, celebratory evenings. The other thing is that with technology these days, I mean, to celebrate an evening, it's so much easier to get an Uber and a Lyft now. You can plan your evening 
and be like, look, we're going to get a hotel room. We're going to go up here. It's going to be great. And then you know where you're going to be. You don't even have to worry about taking a car. And, and it's the price of one extra round of drink. <coughs> you know, it's 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 stupid not to. And that really needs to be the the biggest thing that we that we mention in this entire podcast is don't drink and drive. Everything everything that we've told you today comes with a price tag. And, oh, for sure. And you know, absolutely. You trying to get out of a situation like this will cost you more and there's no guarantee. Absolutely. Than just pleading and and being done with it. So, you know, there's there's really we're we're telling you your options, we're telling you your rights, but your rights when you've been arrested aren't cheap to help to help defend, you know, and you're going to need to hire somebody who can help you do such a thing. And there's there are certain attorneys who specialize at West. This is something that he does. He's he'll be teaching CLEs on this type of topic here in the future. Um, it's it's something that's not going to be cheap for you. Absolutely. In fact, we uh, one of our uh, 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 colleagues, uh, Russ Nichols, is a uh, public defender. Um, I bring up his name because he I saw him today um, at Mayor's Court, and he has works for the uh, Summit County Public Defender's Office. He's a nice guy. We went to law school with him. Um, I ran into him today, and I mean, he's a public defender. I mean, and that's the thing he's into. He, he actually won an award for our graduating class for having given the most volunteer pro bono hours during his tenure as a law school student. <laughs> the four people that knew him were just like, yeah. "What?" Yeah. But, uh, <coughs> well, excuse me. But uh, yeah, I saw him today, and uh, it, you know, back to the whole: you get a public defender in the state of Ohio. I mean, that's that's what it is, and you get. Um, a lawyer that's not at no cost to you. Um, that's part of your Miranda rights. And so what's going to happen is that Russ will show up and then, you know, he's going to do his job. He's a public defender. He's going to give you a constitutional defense. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's all right. He's good. Um, his, uh, he's, he specialized, or I shouldn't, can't say, we can't say specialize. He's got experience with a lot of different cases or anything else like that. Um, my guy, like I, we walked in today to mayor's court and, uh, one of the guys I know was the magistrate just became the magistrate and we got a physical control. Um, we, he pled to a physical control instead of an OVI and he's got, my guy has other problems that are coming down the pike, but it's, uh, at least we're through the first hurdle. Um, and part of that is, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't blow, didn't take the standard field sobriety tests. Um, and so you look at the the prosecutor looks at their their rap sheet and says, "Listen, I either deal with it here, and I get something out of it, or I send it uh, from the mayor's court to the municipal court." And then, nah, I mean, it's and just those fines just went oh. to another body cam for that police department. Gotta love a mayor's court, which is super fun. I mean, the mayor's court is the vestige of home rule here in the state of Ohio. But yeah, it's soup to nuts. Let's get one thing straight: it's pricey. Yeah. When you say I know my rights, okay, great. I bill two fifty an hour. How often do you want me to go in? How long do you want me to go into your rights for? Yeah, I, I got all the time in the world. Yeah, and and does that really matter for you? Right. You know the the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway: find yourself a ride home, and if not, this this is all a gamble. Everything, and you put all that money towards this defense, and you still might end up just where you would have had you pled guilty and gotten this whole thing, whole thing over with, done and dusted. Um, so, thank you, Wes, for the insight. Kind of our our main speaker today. Uh, if 
if you like what we're doing here, um, give us some feedback. Rate us on iTunes. Give us. Uh, we love the five stars and the and the rates. Yeah. Uh, the ratings on the iTunes. Keep that up, or wherever you get you podcasts. The uh, the Stitcher, the Stitcher, Beyond Pod. That's right. What's the um, uh, Spotify now has has podcasting capabilities too. Spotify is a great tool. And leave us an email at elgotspodcast at gmail.com. That's awesome because I was going to mess that up. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really great. We want to start covering like specific topics, things that you can you can find valuable, things you can share with other people. Um, and we just brought this one up because it is it is kind of top of mind with some of the stuff Wes has been doing and questions that I've been getting a lot. But we do have some some guests that are coming down the pipe. That, general information that purposes, are going to be, yeah, for general informational purposes um, to help with with things, whether they be they be legal, financial. We we do have some some new stuff coming that we're pretty excited about. So I want to thank you all for listening for that. Um, also, I have I have a bit of news in this whole broadcasting world. Um, my band, All With Violet, we are releasing our EP this Friday. We'll also be on Spotify and on iTunes, so be able to check us out. We have an EP uh, release show this this Friday uh, that we're very excited about in Akron, Ohio. you got to check it out. His band is very good. It's, uh, it, it is very good. Nick is a very talented musician. And he does sell himself short because you don't hear it on this podcast. I mean, we're yeah. I keep trying to make him write music for the intro and for the show, but he's just so busy. Yeah, so. yeah, and that's I mean, we will we might with some of the music that we've done before start throwing that into the the intro and outro as we as we start to evolve this podcast to make the content better for you. But yeah, check out All But Violet if you are interested in that sort of thing. Thank you to BenSound.com for our current theme. Um, and be sure to check us out at elgots.com. The email again is elgotspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know how things are going. Uh, we really do appreciate all the feedback that we do receive from you. So with that, I would like to ask Wes this time, as I have every other time, if he does have any parting words for us. Let's get one thing straight. Don't drink and drive. <laughs>